Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. It's a very busy time. Everything's rocking and rolling for the Blues. JT, 5 0 start, plenty of practice time. The bonding occurred. Every, you know, it's just uh, it's it's a great story. Oh, and here comes COVID. The cloud does not dissipate. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, the guy that holds it all together for the Blues, is going to be out for some time now. And a uh, big challenge, Jim, for the Blues. It certainly is, uh, Gordo. And uh, my goodness, th- things were just going too well. You're off. You're a record-setting start, scoring all kinds of goals. Oh, we have to start Ville Husso. Oh, that's all right. He's going to throw a shutout, and then uh, and then this hits. It's like everything that the Blues were touching was was uh, turned uh, turned gold, and and uh, and now this. Uh, you have uh, Brandon Sod still out for a little bit uh, in the COVID protocol, and we know how this works. We've seen it with other teams. There's no guarantee the uh, the Blues are out of the. The, the, the woods with this, I mean, a lot of times uh, further uh, positives will show up a couple, two, three days, four days uh, after an exposure. And I, I blame it all on the Colorado Avalanche. The Blues opened the season out there. The Avalanche had some COVID people and who knows, maybe uh, uh, maybe some of them breathed on, uh, on the Blues uh, too heavily. But uh, here we are. Yeah, and by presumably O'Reilly must be symptomatic, which then just adds to the fact that he's, he's dealing with a medical issue. And, and while it's, you know, 10 days on the protocol list, you know, who knows how long it takes to get back up to speed after that. So, yeah, you know, uh, you know, injury wise, the blues have been spectacular. I mean, they, they got through training camp. They, the start of the season with, without people getting hurt. And, um, and now, um, now COVID has come. And before we talk about, you know, some of the possibilities, uh, some of the good things that have happened, you know, let, let's take a, a further look at, at Ryan. You know, we were talking before we started recording that. Here's a guy that just, you know, every key part of the game, he's right in the middle of it. You know, every he's matching up against the top centers on the other side. He's on the penalty kill. He's uh, anchoring your power play, winning the faceoffs or trying to, uh, to start the power play, taking the key draws, period. Uh, setting a tempo with his dogged puck hunting. I mean, this uh, JT, this is a guy that sort of embodies everything they want to do and it really drives everything they want to do. And, and uh, they've never had to, you know, since he's come to St. Louis, never had to deal with the fact he's not there. Yeah. 200. And if you count the, the playoff games, 253 consecutive games since uh, he showed up in the, uh, uh, the, uh, the blockbuster trade there, July one of, uh, of, of 2018. And uh, yeah, he, he, you name anything that you need done on a hot at a hockey rink and, and he does it, including, you know, he's part of the group that, uh, that closes out games. The, with the exception of O'Reilly, the blues have, have not been very good at all on faceoffs. So O'Reilly has been winning at a 66% clip this year, you know, right up uh, near the top of the, the league as usual. Uh, so, so who takes those important, uh, face-offs, you, you know, Bozak normally is really good, but he, he's gotten off to a, uh, uh, to a slow start, uh, almost every game, not every game, but almost every game O'Reilly's, uh, near the top in terms of, uh, minutes on the ice for the forwards. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've, uh, seen, uh, headlines for Tarasenko and Cairo and the, and the baby blues and cost and well. O'Reilly's had a point in every game. 
uh, he and uh, Ivan Barbashev uh, are the only ones that have uh, had at least one point in every game. So he's been contributing on the score sheet as well. Yeah, it'll have to be certain guy, different guys in different places where you'll have, or this is the person who's going to take his power play responsibility. This is the person who's going to take his penalty kill because there's, there's not one person who obviously can do uh, what O'Reilly does. So it, this will test their depth, possibly highlight their depth because you're going to need a bunch of guys who will be different parts. They're going to have to cut up the Ryan O'Reilly um, uh, effect and uh, parcel it out among several players. Well, I guess the positive, and it's it's a big positive. They got through the first, they banked those five wins and ten points, but and a lot of guys did step up their play. So, I guess we'll start uh, in the middle, and he certainly can't do much of what Ryan O'Reilly does. But the fact that Robert Thomas has shouldered a role has has certainly at least been competitive in the faceoff circle. Can can log some time and has had co- connections with number ninety one. Um, could see a bigger role um, overall, just as to, as to Tom's point, just sort of picking up a piece of the responsibility. But, you know, had he not, had Robert not developed and not emerged as more of a, uh, a force, I think this would be a bigger problem as they try to reassess their lines. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, Tom, Tom and I have seen, uh, seen uh, almost every day after practice, uh, Thomas there working on his face-offs, working on his face-offs with Steve Ott and, some of the other center uh, uh, centers. So uh, yeah, he, he, he at least is uh, competitive there in the uh, circle. Uh, another thing about Thomas uh, that we've noticed is, uh, you know, he, he's a regular on, on the PK now, uh, which uh, uh, certainly wasn't the case uh, before. And he may get even more uh, uh, PK minutes now uh, with uh, O'Reilly out of the, the, you know, kind of the core group of, uh, you know, six or eight players that, uh, that log the most minutes uh, there. Yeah, he's, you know, he's been the third center so far this season. You know, at this point in time, I don't know that, you know, he can still remain the third center. I mean, they don't have two centers better than he was, uh, you know, so as they move things around, um, this is going to be Robert Thomas's, you know, this, he's going to, in effect, be a top six forward. Uh, I think going forward here, even if they put someone else in into O'Reilly's spot on that line. And that also puts focus on Brady Shen, who is trying to come back from a disappointing season. You know, he's come out, he's been feisty, kicked off his season with a fight. He's running over people. Uh, he's doing the usual Braden Shen stuff, high character guy, totally engaged in the game. But now again, I mean, the responsibility shifts. They need more production. Uh, he's going to also have to take some tough defensive matchups, JT. I'm guessing his role changes quite a bit and his responsibility load uh, shifts. Now, he's been a really good player in the past for the Blues, and, and JT is going to have to be a really good player for the next two or three weeks. And also, uh, in Shannon and Robert Bertuzzo mentioned it yesterday, uh, you know, there, there's a leadership void without uh, O'Reilly there. And, uh, you know, Shen's a guy. Uh, you know, uh, where's the A, at least some of the time. What is he, the road A or the home A, Tom? He's the home A. The home A, yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, uh, so he can step up in that area uh, as well. And, uh, you know, a very good good passer. Probably probably needs to maybe look for a shot a little bit more based on the the early uh, 
the early play, but yeah, certainly he needs to step up. Now I've liked what I've seen of Shen so far last year, obviously a disappointing season for him, but I, I think he's gotten some of that back uh, this season. He is, he's certainly involved in a lot of plays. So, I mean, that's a good sign, you know, that, I mean, that, you know, how he and Pavel Buchnevich are going forward. Um, we'll see how that goes. And we've talked about a little bit about Tyler Bozak. His, uh, it was an insurance policy. It was an insurance move, being able to bring him back with a you know, minimal salary and, a, and the incentives to give him an appropriate pay grade. It was a nice thing that they were able to do for just this circumstance. Now, Tyler is, is at the twilight of his career. He's, he's not been off to the best start as a faceoff guy, but he's a handy guy, can play all over the place. And, uh, you know, odds are he's going to have to join the list of people taking more responsibility, logging more minutes, and, um, and I guess repaying uh, Doug Armstrong for the insurance purchase. Yeah, he's about, uh, what is it, about five games away from the uh, uh, hitting the first uh, bonus, which is, what, what was it, like one point, was it 750, I think? He'll, say, he'll double his salary when he gets to yeah. game 10. Yeah, and, and, I, and I just wonder, you know, uh, and, and it seems like maybe a little bit of a stretch, but you, you have the second and third lines going so well. Uh, do you risk tearing everything up by moving a bunch of people around and, or do you just move Bozak from the fourth line up to the first? He's shown, uh, that at least over the short term, if you, if you move him up the lines, he can be, be, uh, be effective, but, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do there. Certainly, I, I would think, uh, and, and his faceoffs have gotten better the last two. Usually, he's a solid second every year behind O'Reilly in terms of faceoffs. You would think at least that uh, Bozak uh, might be sent out there, if nothing else, just to take uh, uh, more faceoffs. Because, again, I, I, I don't think you can, uh, you can overstate the, the value of O'Reilly in, uh, in, in winning, the, the, winning the pucks uh, in the faceoff circle. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, we were looking at, you know, who, who's going to, and it's always a fool's errand because these things happen. You wonder, well, who's going to come out of the lineup when various things happen? Well, you know, now Tyler Bozak is going to be in this lineup for at least, you know, the next two weeks. Um, you know, James Neal, you know, how does this affect Jake Neighbors? There's, there's a lot of uh, trickle down on this. Bozak has been very good defensively. If they're looking for someone to put out there against another team's top line, he's the guy to do. Offensively, though, you know, it, just, it hasn't been there. So that's going to be one of the balancing points they have to deal with here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, if they go that route, I guess the you're going to have to have David Perron driving play, and uh, which, yeah, which you know he which he can do, but you just you'd also rather have him in a situation where he's just you know looking for his deadly shot, and particularly on the power play, just lining up those one timers. It's a uh, um, I kind of like the way they had the two power play units going JT and it just seemed, yeah. uh, you know, now it's okay. This is disruptive. They got a lot of pieces, but boy, they seem to have uh, you know, so, some good combinations that they're going to have to re, you know, reconsider. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, that first unit seemed like it was just reaching the point where, Hey, we've, some of them have played together for two, three years, but just even with Krug, Tarasenko being healthy where, boy, we're used to each other. We kind of know where we're going to be. And now O'Reilly who plays, I guess it's called the bumper position. It's kind of the, 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 the slot position, not, not down low, but 
further out in the slot. And so now O'Reilly's out of there. He had scored a power play goal. And uh, that one is obviously a little easier to predict, uh, at least in terms of the the second unit. It's either going to be Buchnevich or James Neal. But yet, to Tom's point, you know, kind of one of the storylines was, well, what are they going to do? Who's going to be out of the lineup uh, when everybody's healthy? Well, those things usually take care of themselves. Be uh, due to injury or now uh, 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 COVID, and now the depth will be tested. I thought it was pretty interesting that Dakota Joshua was the call up uh, because he's he's a center, and uh, the Blues got him extensive work in in at, at center. He certainly wasn't the most productive of the Springfield players. I think he'd had only one assist in in five games, but they wanted to get another center, so. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Josh was thrown right in there on the fourth line. Obviously you have guys like Barbashev that can play center, but again, it, there's Barbashev and Tarasenko on the same line seem to be working very well. I, I don't know if you want to, you want to disrupt that. Yeah. I, it's, it would seem as though Joshua is going to, is going to step into the lineup uh, right away. And beyond that, yeah, you know, Barbashev, does he, how does he fit into this? I mean, as, as one of your centers, um, there, there are so many variables and it is, you know, I say it was a restless night, but Craig Berube had a lot to think about on how he's going to uh, parcel these things out uh, going forward. Um, and, you know, you hope that, you know, in best case for scenario from the Blues point of view, you know, O'Reilly's out 10 days and that's four games and he's back and everything is back to normal. But um you, know, you you wonder if they're, you know, is if, if other shoes are yet to drop still. Yeah, as a reminder to Tom's point earlier too, uh, JT, I think uh, uh, there's a recovery time, and then there's getting back into the playing time. I think Nate, I think Nathan McKinnon was minus five in his first game back from they, the minute he got a, enough positive tests to play, he played minus five in his first game. One of the best players in the world tried to come off that list without having been with the team, tried to jump right back in, man. Uh, not a, we, you can never, you know, the timelines, you're just going to have to assume that at some point in November, they're going to get O'Reilly and, and Sunquist back, but that's about realistically, you're just going to have to, in this world, in this day, in this season, not, not worry so much about timelines. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And yeah, the, uh, the 10 day period, you're supposed to be in quarantine you, you, you're not supposed to be at the rink. You're not supposed to be working out. You're just supposed to be, I guess, you know, sitting at home, basically what sports writers do in the off season. But uh, no, he, uh, so yeah, he, will, will uh, O'Reilly uh, be, uh, be uh, kind of fudging the system a little bit. And, and uh, you know, does he have like a little gym in his basement or something and doing his juggling and his stick handling and his, his, uh, his uh, aerobic uh, work. I, I don't know, but uh yeah, yeah. If if you're sitting around for ten days, these these are highly tuned performance machines, and and uh, if you miss even ten days, uh, you're not going to just where you're not on the ice or, or not doing any any kind of uh, uh, physical exertion. You're not just going to step uh, on the ice and be yourself. You know the the Blues got to face a bunch of teams in the early going that were missing key players, whether it was COVID or injury, and now. And now it's their turn. And so uh, they they got some of those, you know, they were helped out against Colorado in that first meeting because Colorado was missing some guys. And, and now it's their turn. Life catches up with you. 
I wanted to touch a little more on, on Joshua because he made such a positive impression uh, both last season and then again in camp. He's not a, like I say, he's not a productive offensive player, but, you know, he's got a, a sturdy frame. He skates well. He hits people. And, uh, you know, he seems to, uh, to have a feel for what they want out of that fourth line. And a, a guy that, um, you know, they've, they've had success finding these types of players over the years. And, boy, what an opportunity for him. Probably going to get a couple weeks to, uh, to knock around, bang around, do his thing. And, uh, boy, you need the Dakota Joshua's of the world to not only fill in, but eventually take a roster spot at, at low pay. And, uh, and balance things up and, and boy, what a, what a chance for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, maybe mildly surprising that, that, that he didn't, uh, make the roster. Cause I thought he had a very good camp. One thing I noticed both in Traverse city and in the preseason is at least he was, uh, trying to generate offense before it almost seemed like an afterthought. Even, even if you're on the fourth line, you have to try to score. And so, uh, it looked like he had more of an eye towards that, crashing the net, trying to drive the net, take some shots down low. Pretty effective uh, 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 below the goal line with, with some assists in the preseason and in Traverse City. So so that'll help. But I think right now the best the, the Blues can hope for with that fourth line is they just they just bang around and and uh, 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 skate around and, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe get a goal every, every now and then it's going to have a little, little different look. That's for sure. Yeah. If you have a line that's, you know, Costin, Joshua and neighbors um, that's based on the early going, that's, you know, even though those guys have scored some goals, that's not going to be a uh, offensive. Uh, that's going to be a more classic fourth line. Uh, make your, make your impact felt. Hey, one thing I noticed in this last game, and I, I know the chief wanted to see the, the, the guys more engaged um, on the interior offensively, generating more, getting inside more. And, uh, uh, well, I thought, uh, at least from the physical standpoint, uh, the way Neil played, he really, he, he hit, he had a, a couple of hits with pretty big leverage. And I think as that game, um, as they were able to finally get control and get their, get to five and oh, um, he looked like a guy that uh, wanted to, you know, you know, we talk again about competing, stay in the lineup. He's going to keep getting chances, but man, I, I thought that he was given the chief what he wanted uh, with his last performance there. And he's a guy that'll go to, go to the net. I mean, his, his, his one goal this season was uh, just a little tip in or deflection in, 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 in front of the net. And then that's, that's one of the values of him. And uh, I thought it was uh, interesting, basically, uh, uh, and and we've seen Baruby do this before. He, he shortened his bench in a close game, and uh, actually ba- basically benched both Costin and, and Neighbors down the stretch. Uh, neither of them played like the last uh, fifteen and a half minutes uh, of of the third period. They they didn't get any uh, they didn't get any shifts as he went to his veteran guys. And so yeah, Neil's a guy who's very hungry, who wants to stick, who wants to kind of. Uh, squeeze the last, uh, you know, year or two, whatever it is, out of his career, and uh, yeah, he's he's a guy that 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 could have a larger role here with uh, with O'Reilly out of the lineup. That's for sure, including and and we'll see. Uh, you know, again, he could be bumped up to the uh, to the first power play unit. Yeah, the clock is running on Jake Neighbors on when they're going to get to that tenth game for him, and now it looks like O'Reilly is going to be out until that tenth game. Uh, we still don't know how long Sod's out. So, you know, for Jake Neighbors, could the Blues 
is is it possible for the Blues not to keep Jake Neighbors at this point? Because right now, you know, if they're if they decide no, he's going back to juniors, then you know, Mackenzie McEachern or something is uh, is is stepping in, or Kyle Clifford's getting more, and so that this may affect the the Neighbors' choice. And you know, it's I don't know right now that they that there are better options for them than Jake Neighbors. Yeah, when, and then again, as we step back and look at what is to come, because we look around the league and we see that, you know, the, the Blackhawks got hammered, you know, Taze and Kane. You saw the Jets get hammered, you know, Shifley and Wheeler. <laughs> These are big names. Uh, Latang and uh, Carter with the uh, over with the, the Penguins. So you, you just know, you can count on the fact that every time the Chief rolls up to practice, that there's going to be somebody with a sad face on to, to give them some news. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, you just have to anticipate that this is going to be a year where you can ex- go ahead and expect the unexpected. Even when you got through a game with no injuries, everybody walked out on their own power to, to go get something to eat after the game. You know, the next day, who knows? So I, I you know, I, I would think that 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 factor alone, you know, you a guy that's fit himself in. You don't want him sitting around too much, but. Man, JT, is anybody going to sit around? Are you going to have any extra play? Right now, uh, Mikola's uh, been sitting around because the defense has been untouched, but you know there could be a stretch where he plays 15 games in a row. Yeah, you start out with the suspension of Buchnevich in, uh, uh, after after a game two, and since then, every day there's been you know lineup changes as Assad comes up positive with uh, COVID, and then you have a, a game or two with that, and now and now Noah O'Reilly, so. Uh, uh, again, I, I just kind of laugh when I heard people, well, what are they, they going to do when all these people come back? No, something's going to happen. Yeah. We're only five games into an 82-game season. It's always a uh, – I found the NHL always is a wild ride and full of unexpected turns. And, you know, the the Blues have barely reached the first turn. And, and uh, uh, you know, who knows what uh, what's ahead. Yep. I mean, I think I've said it before, but, you know, Larry Plow always said, you know, don't worry about these decisions until you have to make them because something always happens. Uh, the, the NHL will make that decision for you because someone will get hurt. Something will happen somewhere and you don't have to worry. Gosh, you know, it's going to be a tough choice. No, it, it, they sort themselves out on their own. It seems. Yeah. Nature runs its, its course. Now uh, speaking of the here on the net front, the one, the one uh, net that we would pick would be trying to figure out uh, on the defensive side, you know, the best way to go through life with the, the, the six that they've started the season with. And, you know, certainly uh, Bortuzzo, uh, although clearly um, you guys have been pressing the issue of Robert Bortuzzo's offensive uh, aggression. It needs to definitely pick up, but you know, Bortuzzo and Wallman, that's worked out well. Just Power take a shot. Touches. Just take one shot. Yeah. That's all. That's all. Well, the, you know, the third pairing has been fine. Uh, the yeah. PKs worked out, you know, I think your power play stuff sorted itself out. Okay. But five on five. Um, it seems like the, the, the chief listened to us cause he did kind of mix things up a bit. You know, you know, Tom had some damning information on, you know, just the bottom line when Krug and Falk played together, even strength things were not the best. And, and I, I'm guessing, you know, and, and the chief always does this with his defensive core, but it seemed like he made some common sense decisions during the flow of the game to, um, you know, just try to even up or level out that defensive play. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, early on, you know, he, he didn't wait long to do it. Uh, He was mixing up the top four, but I think more often than not, it was as we've seen it, you know, Scandella Pareko and, and Falk and Krug, but he, he didn't mix up that, that four. And, uh, 
he, you know, I think that's an underrated part about the chief is his kind of his in-game adjustments, just like, uh, uh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stick Neil uh, up there on the uh, top line, the, the Tarasenko game winner in Vegas. That was uh, uh, with the, with Tarasenko uh, thrown on the shin uh, Cairo line. So he's, he's, he, he, the chief's pretty good at, uh, at uh, kind of reading the game and uh, uh, making adjustments on, on the fly. Justin Falk had a great game in that second Los Angeles game. He was everywhere he needed to be. I mean, he caught up with somebody on a, on a break to, to play him off the puck. He just did some really marvelous things. That was as good as we've seen Justin Falk. And he, he did pretty well last year, but that was uh, certainly his best game of the, of the first five we've had so far against Los Angeles. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he just found a gear to, to not only Cali catch the guy, but get between him and the goal. It's like, boom, I'm back. So, yeah, it's – and, you know, and, and Krug's been fine. You know, certainly, uh, boy, him on the power play, he's just – the way he can, again, move around and get people moving around and get them out of their patterns and uh, make great passes, make quick passes. Um, it's no color by numbers when he's out there. I mean, it's just a creative element with the, the group. So, yeah, I think on balance, I mean, but if we're looking at a COVID world, and I'll be you – know, I'm going to touch on this a little bit in a column for um, tomorrow's paper, but – yeah, that's probably if the, the big picture is they, they that's an area where they can't take a lot of a lot of stuff to go wrong because we've talked about the depth issue. You know, it's Brunovich off to a great start in the AHL and Santini can come in and and and, and hold a spot. But man, um, as flexible and deep as they are up front, they're not so much on the blue line, JT. No, yeah, entirely uh, entirely different story. Uh, uh, that's for sure. You know, I the play Tom was referring to with Falk, I didn't know he could skate that fast. But then Robert Thomas said, oh, you should have seen our skate tests at the start of camp when they do all the conditioning tests and everything. And apparently, Falk's got pretty good uh, uh, straight line uh, speed, but he was he was just a huge eraser out there along the walls, behind, behind the net, winning almost every uh, puck battle. You know, Scandella had a game like that against uh against vegas a little bit different uh, scandela's was more noticeable because of his stick work he's got more that uh prototypical uh wingspan that the uh the blues had in the uh uh the stanley cup year with that group of defensemen but uh, they're going to need stuff like that with those guys and uh as you mentioned jeff boy they they, they got to stay healthy uh back there because it's uh the, the well's not very uh it's the well's not very deep uh in uh, in Springfield, even with Perunovic off to a tremendous start, you know, Nico Mikula is becoming a mystery. We haven't seen him play in so long now, uh, and I know they they want to get him in because they want to get everybody into a game to keep him sharp. But right now, there's just been no good reason to, you know, the the Wallman Bortuzzo pairing there has been uh, very effective for them, and so they're gonna, you know, Nico's gonna keep going to keep being a healthy scratch, which is um, not something we would have expected at a, a major endorsement of just how well Jake Wallman is playing. Okay. Last thing on the net front, before we let the guys get back to their beat work, um, you know, just not a good time for the Chicago Blackhawks guys. Not only are they off to an atrocious start, not only did COVID, you know, really undermine uh, their start to the season, but the, um, this long festering um, issue from 2010 uh, finally led to the demise of, uh, of Bowman 
running the hockey operation. And um, my goodness, you're now you're looking at a, a team that's in the, you know, that's in the pits, that's got some work to do and needs new leadership at the top. Uh, just from a practical standpoint, it, it can't be pretty having to find new leadership or at least competent interim leadership JT in a, uh, this deep into the, the season. It's uh, not ideal for Chicago. No, no. And, you know, the, uh, the uh, issues with the blues seem like an anthill compared to what's going on in, uh, in Chicago and uh, just strictly what was happening on the ice. If that wasn't disturbing enough, now you have all this coming down and, you know, there's still some unanswered questions like the Stan Bowman, does he still lead uh, team USA in the Olympics and, and what happens to Quinville and Shovel Dave that, uh, uh, who are now at, at different spots. Uh, Gary uh, Bettman said he's going to have a chat with those two uh, com- coming up pretty quick and, and, and what happens there. Just, uh, uh, just a big, big mess. I mean, there's, there's, there's no other way uh, to put it and still some, you know, still some repercussions to come. Yeah, repercussions. Uh, Chicago had five guys on the COVID list yesterday, plus three coaches on the COVID list. I mean, it just is bad everywhere you turn. But it's just it's just a black eye, and it's going to forever sully that that Stanley Cup win uh, for the Blackhawks. Um, you know, knowing what had gone on and how the team had said, "It's more we want to win the Stanley Cup so badly, we're going to who cares what else happens uh, within this organization? We're going to we're going to keep on going." Yeah, that was sort of like their whole process of covering up the situation was. Uh, JT, you covered college sports back in the day. That's pretty much how they used to handle these situations in uh, college sports back before um, people started taking, um, you know, Title IX and other things seriously. It's just, you can't do that. And you really shouldn't have done it in 2010 and sure as hell can't do that in 2021. Well, under under Woody's wagon, I, I had a hotline to the, uh, the uh, police uh, guy that handled all that. I still remember his name after all, Major Jack watering I, I called him a lot over the uh, over the years that's that's for sure yeah well and I mean, the, the points on Quinville I mean that's that's something I mean because those guys have said things that are inconsistent with what have been you know what the league has established or what the investigation establishes the facts so uh, they're gonna have some explaining to do well, on that note, it's an, it's an unpleasant note for the league and certainly for the Blackhawks. We'll, we'll leave it there, let the guys get back to the rink. Uh, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. Uh, this is it for this edition of Netfront Presence. A reminder to check out all of our podcasts on stltoday.com and your favorite podcast app. Until next time, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff. See ya! See ya!